The story has to start with the University of North Carolina Tar Heels smacking around Duke in their basketball men's rivalry on Saturday. And the story starts with Armando Bacot. Armando. For probably the first time this year, uh, the story positively starts with Armando Bacot. Uh, definitely in 2024. Armando Baycott woke up, and UNC looked like a national championship contender uh, against a, a top-10 team. Even, even today, with the updated rankings after the loss, Duke's still a top-10 team at 9. So, what in the heck got into Armando Baycott? I'll tell you right now. It sounds like he's been listening. It sounds like he heard shows like this one saying, where's the Armando Baycott that we know? Where's the Armando Baycott that we've gotten used to over the last half decade? Where's the Armando Baycott that's won all of these awards? Well, I'll tell you right now, that's what we got against Duke. Kyle Filipowski scored the opening bucket on a sweet spin move. And I was like, oh, we might get an aggressive Filipowski. Look at this. That was about the last time Baycott wasn't eating his lunch. That was it. 16 seconds. That was That's all they led for in the entire game was Duke for the first 16 seconds, but uh, or 16 seconds after that bucket. But but Baycott was aggressive. He was playing with attitude. Right? When, when he got a rebound after a Duke miss, it felt like he paused for a beat to make eye contact with someone in scowl. After he scored a bucket down low on Filipowski, he hit him with the too small gesture, saying that he's too small to guard him, even though Filipowski is both taller and heavier. Here's Baycott on the comments about him recently and how he took them. I knew we couldn't lose this game. I wouldn't allow us to lose this game. And, I mean, I see what everybody say. I told you, I don't miss nothing. And just going into this game, I mean, it was just a different fire. And, and really, I came in just pissed off just seeing, you know, some of the things people say. And I just love this university so much. And I think I see stuff like people questioning me and, like, how much I really wanted and stuff like that. I took that personal. I respect the heck out of an athlete that says we weren't going to lose that game I wasn't going to allow it I think there are teams out there Duke included that would be a much better team if somebody on the team went out there with that kind of attitude the biggest development from that game on the UNC side and we'll get into the Duke side but the biggest development from that game from the UNC side is this if Baycott plays like that, there is another level of UNC basketball. Because we've seen this year R.J. Davis level up his scoring. We've seen this year Cormac Ryan level up his peskiness. We've seen this year Harrison Ingram be a special player. If you throw in Armando Baycott at that level, there is another level of UNC basketball that they can achieve, and they got pretty darn close to it on, on Saturday. And actually, R.J. Davis probably uh, didn't have one of his best games. But he had the wherewithal to get out of the way and let Ingram and let Baycott cook and, and not force it as the leading scorer on their team and say, no, I got to get mine. He said, you got it. Let's talk about Harrison Ingram. That, that feels like, uh, if you listen to this show, you know we've been, we've been owning the metaphorical Harrison Ingram stock since like the third game of the year. We saw him playing early on, and, and I've absolutely loved him. I know Dennis loved him. When, when Graham has been on the show, he's been right there with us. I've said he's the best team on the roster. The best player on the roster. Best player on the roster, excuse me. He, he, we already knew everything about him. We knew he has this ability to get in the, 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 
to fall into position or to fall into the production that UNC needs most. It did feel like against Duke, a lot of the world was like, oh, either I get what you're saying and I see it now, or has anybody seen this? And we're sitting here screaming, yes, we have. Even though we already knew it about him, it was still nice to be rewarded by by him backing us up, right? When you call somebody all these different nicknames, and we've lovingly referred to him as the amorphous blob, we've lovingly lovingly referred to him as the shapeshifter, we've lovingly referred to him as all of these different different uh, nicknames, to have him back us up in a game like that, his first Duke game as a UNC Tar Heel, thank you very much, Harrison. Welcome to the show. Rebounded like a madman. Why? Because I believe they saw Duke as a little light down low, right? Mark Mitchell, Kyle Filipowski, they both have the ability to go to the perimeter. If both your guys uh, on, uh, if both your big guys on a team have the ability to go to the perimeter, that means the other team is going to send their guys down low. Harrison Ingram was there with with 13 rebounds. I did call for 15, but I'll settle for 13. He also knocked down a ton of threes, five of them. That is exactly what I'm talking about. He is a player that can slash. He is a player that can dunk. He is a player that can get offensive rebounds and go back up. But he saw Armando Baycott getting busy in the down low and said, cool, when when the defense magnetizes, right, when, when Baycott has a gravitational pull into the post, I'll be out at the perimeter knocking down jumpers. And he knocked him down at a high level and a high volume, and, and he had one of the better games of his season, maybe one of the better games of his career. Harrison Ingram announced himself to the world, and now he has the ability to live up to that. And there's that big three. It's R.J. Davis, it's Harrison Ingram, and and if Baycott can play like he's been playing, it's back to being a big three, and you can play that little game that they played where R.J. Davis can say, all right, you're going to spend all your perimeter effort on stopping me? Ingram will knock down the threes. All right, you're going to expand your defense? We'll go down low, and he can be a bully, meaning Baycott. That was an announcement from UNC, and it's bouncing back from their Georgia Tech loss, and it's Hubert Davis getting his first win over John Shire, and that's the second-best team in the ACC coming into the game in both the AP rankings, of which they're still the only two ACC teams ranked, and in the actual standings as far as win-loss coming into the game, the second-best team in the ACC. If you want to separate yourself from the conference – if you want to make it obvious to voters, to selection committee, to rankers, to to your opponents that you are the the top of the top, the team to beat in the Atlantic Coast Conference, you, from an eye test perspective, absolutely dominate the second best team in the conference. It's also Armando Baycott even up his career record against Duke at five and five. Yeah, but I, I'd give him a an edge, and what I mean by that is not all of those games were created equal. Right. You win a Final Four game, that might be worth two. Yeah, You win a game in Coach K's, Final it game, yeah. might be worth two. And I know Duke fans won't like to hear that, but it is what it is, right? The, the rivalry matters more, and because of that, they're, and by the way, in like the history of the rivalry, Duke has their fair share of games that I would count as two as well. It's just Baycott is, he's been a part of two of the bigger ones, and, and this most recent one felt personal, right? It felt like we didn't beat you last year, And as you heard him say, I'm not going to let us lose this one. And it takes a special type of person to be able to have that kind of wherewithal. I would have loved to have seen someone from Duke say it too. I would have loved for Proctor, who was non-existent at times. I would have loved for Filipowski, who was getting pushed around at times, to say, I'm not going to put up with it. 
Matter of fact, that's what we're going to talk about coming up in just a few minutes uh, because there, there are two sides to every coin. I want to make sure we give UNC their, their flowers, right? Because it's not like Duke played a horrendous game. Duke had – What'd you say? Scored 84. They scored 84. Three of their, their players were able to score uh, fairly well. It's, it's, it's not like Duke played a horrendous game. It's not like UNC just had to show up to win. But the difference was attitude. So if we're going to crush Duke for their attitude, which we will after the break, we have to praise UNC for their attitude, which was urgent, right, which was, which was uh, present, they were there in the moment, and they, they did what they had to do to win the game. Credit to UNC. Duke lacked the edge necessary to compete with UNC on Saturday. Now, this final score doesn't look like anything ludicrous, right? It's not like they lost by 30, but if you watch the game, it felt like 30. Box score can be deceiving, Tim. And after the game, John Shire confirmed it. I'm watching the game going, they look soft at times. And I've said, I've talked about how insulting that is to call an athlete soft, and it's kind of the meanest LB to an athlete without getting personal. Uh, and, and they looked like their want to was being questioned. They looked like UNC was, was testing them, like a finger poke to the chest, right, testing their, their ability to fight back. And they just never stepped up. After the game, John Shire, and we'll play the audio for you in a second, said he was not happy with the way they competed. If you can say that after a game as a head coach, and, and it be honest, right, and it was, and it came across as authentic, that's a problem. Here's John Shire after the game. I just wasn't happy with the, with the way we competed, and uh, that's, that's disappointing for me. And, uh, you know, you can, look, you can play really well and compete your – your butt off and still lose to them because they're a really good team. But we didn't compete to the level that you need to to have a chance to beat this team tonight. And that's what I'm disappointed about. But hats off to them. They were terrific. Uh, they're really good. I think they're as good as anybody. And uh, we have to learn from this quickly, uh, make no excuses, get back to work. I know there's second half of ACC play to go where uh, this team can be really good. But uh, tonight was uh, not good enough. I have a serious question for everyone involved in Duke basketball. How in the world do you go into Chapel Hill as a Duke basketball team and not compete hard enough? How do you not go in metaphorical guns blazing? How do you not go into Chapel Hill with a me against the world, us against the world? It's just those inside our locker room against the world mentality. Win, lose, or draw. I can understand if you miss shots. I can understand if UNC puts up an unstoppable performance, right? They have one of those days where the hoop looks like a hula hoop and they can't miss. I can understand if they're more physical, more talented than you, but I cannot fathom your compete being questioned and not have someone stand up and start yelling and bringing the energy coach player someone in that game needed to like like I don't know get fired up I saw uh going into the break right Filipowski and Ingram kind of got their arms tangled no buzz out of that no fire no anything 
If you get your arms tangled with the other guy on the other team who's lighting you up, by the way, Harrison Ingram has given you the business. Filipowski and Ingram get tangled up. Somebody had to try to do something the next time they got the ball. On Friday during my bold predictions, I predicted John Shire would get a tech in the first half. I think he needed to. I think as soon, like as a coach in the post game, if you're saying I was unhappy with the way we competed, as soon as you see your team's compete level isn't high enough, you got to brainstorm everything you have, every trick you have in the book, every speech, every timeout, every everything you have to see how you're going to get that team's compete level up. They have to be wildly, fiercely competitive. And if not, you have to try to inject wildly fierce competitiveness into them. And that goes for the veteran. Where's Jeremy Roach? When is Jeremy Roach going to stand up and say, I'm playing on a hurt ankle. I'm out there giving everything I have. Who's with me? Go, uh, go back and, and, and at some point today, uh, look up Ed Reed's speech in the locker room. I believe it was when he was with Miami. And he's screaming at his guys. Ed Reed is a man of very few words. Screaming at his guys, I'm hurt. And I'm still going out there. And, and I mean, I'm not going to sit here and do an Ed Reed impression. But just know there's 0% chance any of his teammates went out there and didn't run through a wall. You have to pull out every – again, I, I, I've said this about Coach K. I've said this about uh, coaches of that era. Sometimes I think they wore the, sh the shirt and tie, the, the jacket and tie, the coat and tie, just so they could take off the jacket and throw it when they needed to. They just needed an exclamation point. Roy Williams. Roy Williams. Sometimes I thought they, you know, they could just describe a play, but they get the little the little uh, clipboard, the dry erase clipboard with the court drawn on it, so they can draw it up. Not so they actually can draw it up, but, but slam just it so the they can break it and yep. throw a pen. Somebody had to do that for Duke, and nobody did. A player needed to say at a timeout, Coach, I got this. Guys, bring it up. Their, their edge has been concerning me all year. I Like, where was Tyrese Proctor? Tyrese Proctor was supposed to be the edge. Since he came back and had that 24-point game off the bench a couple games ago, he's been playing better. He's been finding a way to impact the game. He was not only non-existent at times on the stat sheet, they didn't even play him during the clutch moments down the stretch until until Foster was was uh, not able to go at the end. And, and – that's where you need to be the leader, even if your game's not going right. Right? Like, dive for a loose ball. Dive for a loose ball. Heck, like, like fake hustle if you have to. Right? The ball bounced out of bounds twice already. Go lay out. Dive into the stands. Yeah. Find a way to contribute. Find, and stand up, fired up. I, I was I was disappointed in the compete level of Duke. And then to to listen to the postgame and see John Shire say just that, I'm going, all right, I'm not crazy, right? I, I saw what I saw, and it wasn't addressed. If you just, like, started a, a, a ridiculous comeback attempt and it fell short, I'd go, all right, at least they turned it. just It was they got down, like, 12, and it just stayed that for the rest of the game. I was more – I'm not – I was disappointed, but I'm also happy for freshman Jared McCain in his first Duke versus North Carolina game. Leon scored 23 points. Played very well, but nobody built off of it. And and as well as he played, I wanted to, like, knock down a three 
flex on somebody or something. Like, like when your team is sleepwalking, it is a, a role of somebody to wake them up, right? And Duke is so darn talented, sleepwalking is going to beat most teams. If Jared McCain puts up 23 in most ACC games, Duke's going to win. You know, they could play uh, running backwards. They, they got a bunch of five stars. But against UNC, if you don't wake up, it's it's going to be that game. And you're going to have Harrison Ingram running around in the post game celebrating. It's brutal. Armando Baycott wearing a, a, a hairnet. <laughs> you're going to have it all. Here's Hubert Davis on defending and shutting down Filipowski. Yeah, I mean, you just got to do the best that you can. I mean, where they get him the ball, he's just – obviously he's good around the basket, but even in, you know, the high post or a little bit off the lane, his ability to face up and use pivots, I mean, he's got terrific, you know, footwork. And uh, his ability to be able to score, uh, foul, uh, draw fouls, get to the free throw line. And also, he puts a lot of pressure on you because he can, he can shoot it from three. And so – that was a huge emphasis for us. And one of the things that we always, I mean, even as a player, for me, it, you, know, you know, defensively, yes, he, he's, he's a handful, but you got to go at him on, on the defensive end. And I thought Armando did that. I thought Armando made him play defense. And that's something I think really helped us uh, tonight. Yeah, I'd say all that came true. And by the way, Filipowski is going to get his stats, right? With, the, with his high usage, he's – He's going to score some points, but it but it just came down to ask somebody who won the matchup, Baycott or Filipowski. Obvious answer. You're a wooden award candidate. Can't be obvious. You can't be the one losing your matchup like that. Obvious answer.